0: Welcome to Riverside Church. My name is Brian Doback. I'm one of the pastors here. Super thankful to be up here uh, preaching God's Word uh, uh, with you guys and just sharing a word from Scripture. Uh, Man, today we're just going to talk about dependence on God. And we're going to specifically talk about dependence on Jesus uh, and what He says. And not just what He says, but dependence on who Jesus is. I've been learning so much about dependence on God, particularly the last, well, pretty much since I got married, I've been learning a lot <laughs> about dependence on God, and man, if, if it's not one thing, it's another thing. Um, you know, I once got laid off from my dream job. I learned about dependence on God, you know, and, and I got married, and God's exposing things in my heart that I didn't know that was in my heart, but that's a good thing. Um, it hurts at the time. Um, but it's a great thing as he exposes those things. And then we have kids. Man, let me tell you something, kids. <laughs> God is teaching me about dependence on him with these kids. Uh, he keeps exposing things in my heart uh, through these kids. Um, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, it's not good things uh, in my heart. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm thankful for it because that's what God does. Uh, God, he, he wants to show us uh, who He is through all of these things that we encounter in our lives. And man, as we embark on a journey, this journey uh, with Christ, like, He teaches us. You know, he teaches growing dependence on Him. And it's not just for salvation. It's not just for salvation. That's the main thing. But man, it's, it's the small stuff too. Guys, it's, it's, it's job loss. You know, I get that. I went through it. You know, Getting laid off from work, our health. He wants us to to depend on him for those little tangible things that we experience in our lives. Guys, I want to point you to uh, uh, Isaiah 9-6 to start things off, okay? Isaiah 9-6. This is a Christmas text, usually. So Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas in May. Guys, it says this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. There is so much in that text. Man, we could preach sermons on that, but I want to focus just on this Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor, guys. I'm going to pull out some Hebrew knowledge to you. I don't usually do that. But that word wonderful, guys, wonderful, it's not just like, it's not just like, oh, that's, that's a wonderful frappuccino. Like, that was so good. Or those are wonderful flowers. Guys, the Hebrew word for wonderful means incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. Now, I don't know if a frappuccino is incomprehensible, right? Well, it might be to some of you. Guys, Jesus is our wonderful counselor, His teaching is incomprehensible. And it's not just His teaching. It's not just His counsel, how He directs us and guides us and teaches us, but it's where that teaching is coming from. It's coming from who He is. It's coming from who Jesus is. It's coming from His heart. Guys, and that's what we're going to talk about today in today's text. This is my main point today. Jesus is the wonderful counselor that we can depend on For everything. For everything. So let's read the text, Matthew chapter 16, verses 5 through 12, and then we're going to pray. Matthew chapter 16, verses 5 through 12. The scripture says this It says, When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they began discussing it among themselves, saying, we brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, oh, you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets that you gathered? Or the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that He did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for Your Word. God, the the, the Word of Your power. That's what this is, Lord. And I'm so thankful that we get to... Do, to interact with Your Word and, and take it in and, and, and read it and digest it, Lord, and, and listen to it, God. I pray that, that just this continues to shape our lives, to, to shape our hearts, that we depend on You, Lord, for everything, for everything, God, the big stuff and the small stuff, Lord, and that we come here with a fresh, fresh view of who You are, Jesus, because that's what it's all about. I thank You and I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Man, so guys, the, the disciples and Jesus here, they're, they're coming from different situations. They're coming from different situations. Jesus, he, he merges them here in this text. So the disciples, they recently experienced these two miraculous events in which Jesus fed 5,000 people and 4,000 people with 12 loaves of bread. 9,000 people okay? And Jesus wanted them to depend on him. And he's, he, that he's the bread of life that they hunger for. He's the bread of life. And, and he's available to everyone, Jews and Gentiles, like we learned in Keith's sermon a couple weeks ago. And here they realize they forgot the leftover bread. Surely, you know, what happens when you forget something? A little anxiety comes up, and maybe you become a little self-dependent on you. Am I Right? A little anxiety comes to the surface. Guys, Jesus here, though, he's, he's fresh off a different thing. He's fresh off an encounter with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Remember last week, they, the Pharisees and Sadducees demanded a sign from Jesus. They were manipulating Jesus into giving him a sign, and Jesus is like, no, you're not going to get a sign from me now, but you're going to get a sign down the road. It's going to be the resurrection. So here, Jesus, he merges these two situations, and, and he starts warning them of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Why? You know, the, the, the disciples are on the bread, Jesus is on the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he merges them. Why does he do this? Relative to the disciples' forgetfulness, what is Jesus talking about when he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? Well, first, we have to understand, you know, what this word leaven is, guys, Leaven, it's another word for, for yeast. And yeast leavens bread. Just a small amount of yeast can make, a, a, make the bread rise and expand. Okay, now 99% of the times in Scripture when, when, when leaven is used, it's referring to sin. It's referring to evil. It's referring to contamination. So Jesus is saying, beware of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees because it's coming from a place of sin. It's coming from a place of sin in their hearts. Their teaching is a reflection of the sin in their hearts. It's what's coming out of their hearts. So what is Jesus talking about when He says, beware of the leaven and the Pharisees? Now, who, who are the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Who are they? Well, they're part of this group called the Sanhedrin. It's a council of Jewish leaders that ruled over various spheres of Jewish life the Sanhedrin. And what did they believe? What did they believe? What did they teach? Jesus saying, beware of their teaching. Well, what did they teach? The Sadducees, they were like the religious liberal people. The religious liberal people, they were like the rationalists. They believed in the first five books of the Hebrew Bible. They believed in that, but they didn't believe in the books of the prophets and all the other books in the Hebrew Bible. Guys they, they, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in a resurrection. They didn't believe in life after death. They were like they were like the the YOLO crowd back then, the religious YOLO crowd. You only live once, man. Like just dude like, you know. <laughs> Guys and and they maintained close ties with politi- with Rome's political sphere. They were really close in the politics and they gained many many advantages from that being close to Rome, Rome's politics. They were far from the common people. And then you have the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they actually avoided Rome politics. They avoided Rome, but they didn't want to have anything to do with it. Like, just keep me away from that. So they were close to the common people. They were close to the common people. They were like the religious conservatives, like the traditionalists. And they believed in all of the Hebrew Bible, everything in it, the first five books and, and the And the prophets. They strictly adhered to God's law, which is actually admirable. It's admirable that they, they take it so seri- seriously to, to follow God's law. It's an, an admirable thing. However, they weren't satisfied with what God had revealed in the Scriptures. They weren't satisfied with it. They added rules. They added regulations. They added oral traditions to God's Word. And their man-made traditions were elevated in the place of God's Word as we've seen in this previously in this sermon series. And it overburdened people. It overburdened people. So guys, in summary, the Pharisees, they gravely added to the Scriptures. The Sadducees gravely took away from the Scriptures. Right? Both made their own rules. Both were assuming authority from God. Both were assuming authority from God. They were and forfeiting themselves from grace forfeiting themselves from the grace of God. Their self-righteousness led to tremendous pride, to tremendous pride and a superior attitude toward others. Both avoided each other. They didn't like each other. But when it came to Jesus, these enemies allied together to destroy him. They both saw Jesus as a threat, as a threat to to their rules, as a threat to their self-righteousness, as a threat to their self-dependence as a threat to their traditions and the advantages that they had in their offices. Guys, I want us to see here that, you know, so so what does this have to do with the disciples and their bread? Guys, the disciples' problem, it's not a lack of bread. That's not the problem. It's a lack of faith. It's a lack of dependence on Jesus. It's a lack of dependence on Him, just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It just looks a little different. Guys, both parties here, the disciples and the Pharisees and Sadducees, they both think that their situation depends on themselves. They both think that. Jesus is saying, your problem isn't physical bread. It's the leaven in your hearts. It's the leaven in your hearts. Jesus is warning the disciples of going further down the path of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, of self-righteousness and self-dependence. Guys, I want you to see here, nobody is winning here in this text. Nobody is winning here. We must see ourselves and the disciples and the Pharisees and Sadducees. Because of sin, because of this leaven, there's a Pharisee or a Sadducee in every one of our hearts. Self-dependent, self-righteous, prideful, judgmental, graceless, merciless. We have that in our hearts. And because of sin, there's a disciple in all of us. There's a disciple in all of us. Faithless, self-dependent in their own way. Missing Jesus. Guys, if nobody's winning here, where do we go? Where do we go? Man, you got the, you got the disciples and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and... Man, we, we have to we have to we have to focus on Jesus here. We have to focus on the red letters in this Bible and who's saying this. We have to focus on Jesus here, guys. I want to I take you all the way back to, to Exodus. Exodus chapter 12, verse 15. Exodus chapter 12, verse 15 says, Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day, you shall remove leaven out of your houses. For if anyone eats what is leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. So God raised up a people for himself in Israel and through whom he would bring the Messiah to the world. And because of their relationship to God, the Israelites, they were called to act differently, to dress differently, to live differently, to eat differently. God instituted a law during Passover week that required the elimination of leavened bread from their presence, from their diet. So God was calling them into a law that was a symbol. What was that a symbol of? We know what leaven is. It was a symbol of ridding sin from their presence and from their diet. Guys, practicing Jews today, they still do this today. Guys, on Passover week, they kosher their homes. They bring a rabbi in and he inspects their homes to make sure there's absolutely no leaven in their homes. And he brings like a blowtorch in and he goes into the kitchen and he, and he climbs into the oven and he blowtorches the oven to burn any excess leaven in the oven. Guys, through this symbolic ceremony, God was pointing Israel to the future Messiah who would fulfill this ceremony in actuality. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And not only is He the bread of life, guys, Jesus is the true, sinless, unleavened bread of life. Amen. Guys, Jesus is hes protecting the disciples from the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. He's doing that, but He's doing so much more than that here. It's more than just protecting, guys. The disciples aren't innocent either. They're not innocent either. They're not being dependent on who Jesus is. Guys, this is more than protecting. And saying, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. I love how Jesus, he's so good at like saying things without really saying them. I absolutely believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, he's also saying, Heed me. Heed my teaching. Heed my teaching. Heed my unleavened teaching. Because Jesus' teaching is coming from a sinless heart. It's coming from holiness. And it's coming from sincerity. And it's coming from truth. Jesus is saying, heed my teaching. Jesus is wonderful counseling. The Pharisees and Sadducees are not wonderful counseling. Guys, whether we realize it or not, whether we realize it or not, something isn't right with the world. I'm sure every single person in here, the reason you're here is because you're seeing it. And you're even seeing it not just in the world, but in your own lives. I am sure of this. There's something just not right. Guys, what happens when there are seven billion insecure, self-centered, and self-dependent people in the world? What happens? (laughs) You're seeing it. Seven billion self-centered, self-dependent, self-righteous people in the world. Guys, when our independence or our self-made rules are threatened, we get angry, we get anxious, we get destructive, we get manipulative. You're seeing it in the world. You're seeing it in our lives and our own lives. I see it in my life. Guys, I know Christ and I put my faith and trust in Christ, but it doesn't mean like I have a perfectly unleavened heart Guys, my heart is unleavened because of Jesus. Because of His unleavened heart. But I still struggle with sin. And I need to depend on Christ to continue to work on my heart and to burn the impurities, to torch the impurities, and to unleaven my heart. Guys, because of sin, we we bring this leaven into everything. It's because it's in us. Because of that, we bring it into our work we bring it into our relationships we bring it into our marriage we bring it into our families do we see this in our lives this leaven guys the world is trying to unleaven itself it is it doesn't know it but it is it's trying to do it through things like education education legislation self determination self dependence Guys, therapy? Now, I'm not saying all these things are bad. We need all these things. But if we want to get to the root of the problem in our lives, to the problem of self dependence, like the disciples and the Pharisees and Sadducees in their hearts, we got to go deeper. We got to go deeper. Guys, we believe everything depends on us, do we not? We believe everything depends on us, including righteousness before God. And this, this is a heavy burden, not just on us, but it reflects itself in, in how we act with people and how we interact with people and how we carry our lives, this heavy burden. And we put it on others also, just like the Pharisees and Sadducees did. Heavy burdens on the people. Guys, like the disciples, we need to unleaven our hearts and the teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. It only exasperates the problem. <laughs> it only exasperates the problem. The teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees are the leavened bread of death. That's what it is. It's the leavened bread of death. They're the try harder crowd. Just try harder. Put a little more effort into it, and you'll be good. They're the try harder crowd. Guys, Jesus is the unleavened bread of life who says you can't do it. You just can't. You cannot do it, but I did it. I did it. So depend on me for what you need in your life. Guys, Jesus is teaching it doesn't come from a place of sin, but a place of holiness, sincerity, and truth. The Bible is filled with stories of leavened hearts that God transforms. It's filled with them. The disciples could only see their lack of bread, totally forgetting the provider of the bread they were missing god because this is what leaven and sin does to our to the eyes of our hearts this is what leaven does to the eyes of our hearts it blinds us a little leaven will rise and spread and leaven the whole lump right we've heard that in scripture the pharisees teachings will draw the disciples away from grace away from it you see this leaven is unseen It's hard to perceive. It's like carbon monoxide. But it is absolutely disastrous in our lives. Absolutely disastrous. Guys, I want you to see this self-centeredness of self-dependence that can play out in our lives. You go through the Scriptures. Look, the disciples here in this text, they forget the bread. What do the disciples see? Their leavened hearts. They see their lack, and they see a need for themselves. What does Jesus see? Jesus' unleavened heart, He sees providence. He sees abundance. He sees Himself in this. The disciples were picking the heads of grain on the Sabbath. What do the Pharisees see? They see judgment. What does Jesus see? He sees hungry stomachs. What else? The woman poured perfume on Jesus' feet. What do the Pharisees see? They, see? they see money being wasted by a sinner. What does Jesus see? He sees loving worship. Guys, Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath. What do the Pharisees see? The Pharisees see sit, they see judgment. And what does Jesus see? He sees a person in need. Guys, the adulterous woman. What do the Pharisees see? They see their, her sin and they see the rocks in their hands. And what does Jesus see? Jesus sees her sin. But Jesus sees a broken heart that can be mended. Guys, your spouse fails you. How do we see it? We see it as an opportunity for attack. And we see it as an opportunity for counting a wrong. That's a leavened heart. And it needs to be burned away. Guys, we should see it as an opportunity for grace and mercy. Guys, if a coworker slights you, what, what what does a leavened heart see? It's an opportunity for threats. It's an opportunity for judgment. And what is what does an unleavened heart see? It, it sees it as a teaching moment, as a teaching moment, and as a way to create commu- more community with somebody. Guys, the accumulation of wealth. What does a leavened heart see? A leavened heart sees it as mine. I earned it. I keep it. I own it. Guys, what does an unleavened heart see? An unleavened heart sees God's providence. God has given me this. I'm so I'm generous. Guys, our enemies. What, what does a leavened heart see? Our enemies. A leavened heart sees it as somebody to hate, somebody to avoid. What does an unleavened heart see? Sees them as created by God, as as God's image and has value. And they should be loved no matter what. That's an unleavened heart. And we've seen all these things in Jesus. Guys, the Pharisees only saw the letter of the law. They only saw the letter of the law. Jesus saw the letter. He did. But He also saw the spirit of the law. Guys, I want to conclude on this. 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. It says, Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, just as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival. Celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Jesus is the sinless, unleavened bread of life. He is our wonderful counselor, guys. It's not our homes and it's not our food that needs to be koshered. It's not. It's our hearts that need koshering. It's what's inside that needs koshering. And we can only kosher our hearts and subsequently our families and our marriages and our work and our homes and and in our lives through abiding faith and unwavering dependence, unwavering dependence in the redeeming work of Christ on the cross, in every area of our life, every area of our life. Guys, Jesus is the wonderful counselor that we can depend on for everything. Let's pray.